Welcome once again to another edition of Footy from the Foot, the podcast coming to you close to the home of uh, football in San Diego, the uh, Bluefoot neighbourhood bar and lounge in the heart of San Diego's glittering North Park. I'm your co-host, Bob Hutchinson, and I'm joined, as is customary right now, via the miracle of the internet by the director of football at Bluefoot, Rodney Styles. How are you doing, sir? Very good. Considering it's the day before my birthday. Yes, I will get it in, Paul. The day before my birthday and the day after Christie's birthday. And... Uh... <laughs> Where, where should people send uh, presents to then? Uh, uh, California, United States of America. Okay. Chuck them over the guy. As, as is customary right now on a Wednesday, the gardeners, the painters, and Jack the ladder outside making as much noise as humanly possible. So apologies. Work going on. So if there is any kind of background noise, then uh, we're doing our best to, uh, to negate that exists. Um, this week, what we're going to look at is the uh, the North London Derby and the other weekend's games. Um, we're also, uh, it's a busy week actually this week. Uh, we've got uh, the Manchester Derby coming up and the final of the MLS Cup. So we're going to speak to our friends Christy and our, um, our US soccer guru Greg and my pals from back home, Craig and Rob. Yeah, so there's plenty going on this week. We'll also look ahead at the other games uh, that are also being played this coming weekend. Any other business, and then we'll get out of your way. Should we get cracking then? Let's have a look at the games that uh, happened last weekend. Burnley got a draw with uh, with Everton uh, to kick us all off. Not a great result for Everton, really. So that's like the last six games. They've won one, drawn one, lost four. So Yeah, but your mate Calvert-Lewin still scoring. I think it's a yeah. game. Yeah, then at seven o'clock, Manchester City took on Fulham at home. And... Beat them 2-0. Yeah, they came out of the clappers on this one. It was like 2-0 very early. And um, yeah. then not yeah. a lot else happened. <laughs> then, this was a really uh, interesting game. Manchester United away at West Ham, which we did flag up as a bit of a, uh, maybe a banana skin for United. And they went 1-0 down and 1-0 down at half time. And oh, it could have been 3 0 at half time. Oh, my goodness, yeah. yeah I mean, West Ham were completely dominant in this game. Well, they were the first half, certainly, well, weren't do you they? Know, do you know what? I wonder what would have happened in this game if the ball had been called out like it should have been, because it was about a foot over. You know, the, the Henderson pass, the goalkeeper? Yeah, I don't know how I feel about that. I mean, he... It was a foot over. They've actually done a projection of it now. Have they really? Well, Good I'm... foot, yeah. Okay. But I mean, like, if we get into the realms of. CGI being involved, then I'm, I'm not the interested, naked, really. Compared to the naked eye, my naked eye, I was like, there's no way that ball was in. You usually give those. I mean, they can't wait to stick their flag up when a corner goes out of play, can they? Wasn't watching. Like, he was he was maybe keeping an eye on the, the offside, maybe? I don't know. Taking nothing away from the finish by Pogba, because it was a great finish by him. As bad as they were in the first half, they were exceptional in the second half United, to be fair. They were. West Ham yeah. really fluffed their lines. They were really, I mean, they were relentless, weren't they, United, that, that second half? And it was kind of almost inevitable, I felt. Chelsea played uh, Leeds. They won 3 1. Thoroughly enjoyable uh, day out for everybody. Am I right? I can't remember. Did Leeds, Bamford, he scored the, the opening goal, didn't he? It was a great it, goal, actually. I Finish. really love watching Leeds play. I love the, the, the movement off the ball, is the thing that I, I just wish that more teams played like them, I've got to say. When they get the ball, they all know what they're going to do with it next. Well, uh, sad to see how low they are in the table at the moment. But Chelsea, you know, I don't know. I just, yeah. Did you see the Werner miss in this game? Oh, my God. Yeah. I, I, seriously, he should be Dr. Goal for that because he, he, yeah. he made it less of a goal, didn't he? It was ridiculous. I've never seen anything like it. 
It defied gravity, didn't it? It was ridiculous, yeah. But, yeah. but yeah, he just needs one, uh, the proverbial going in off his backside, doesn't he, to, to get going. He, he just it seems to be struggling right now. But, but Chelsea looking good, my friend. They, they hit the top of the table after that win as well for 24 hours. So In all the leagues, in the Bundesliga, draw between uh, Frankfurt and Borussia Dortmund. No Haaland, no goals, it seems to be the case. And then... Really cool game. Uh, I caught some of this. Bayern Munich 3, Leipzig 3. Do you know what the Leipzig coach did? He was a genius. He didn't play with a number nine. He, you know, he did the false number nine position. And I'll tell you what, they, they were totally bamboozled by it. And it... Um, Also in La Liga, our Cadiz fan must have been absolutely delighted with his team's 2-1 win against Barcelona. I mean, come on, this is unbelievable, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> you come up for the first season ever in uh, La Liga. And you beat Madrid and Barcelona. It's awesome, isn't it? What a great yeah! Game. It's, it's it's pretty special, you know. It's yeah. He drove by the bar actually, waving his flag and his, his scarf. Then he popped in for a beer afterwards. And um, the heights of the uh, Cadiz fan uh, and his enjoyment of his game um, to the depths of being a Bolton fan and us shipping six goals in at home against Port Vale. Uh, who? Yeah, you might well say who. We were. 6-1 down at this, in this at one point or other. He had everybody in on Sunday. He said, if, it, if this team's going to ruin all Bolton Wanderers fans' Sundays, I'm going to ruin their Sunday. <laughs> That's brilliant. I love that. So we had him in on Sunday. I don't know, right in lines, I hope. Something like that, you know, just kind of... <laughs> <laughs> I must not ship six goals at home in or something. Like, oh, my God. 6-3 three. in the end. So, But after coming off a big run like we had, a really successful run, yeah, very disappointing, really. Anyway, uh, on Sunday, an uh, early start for Palace and West Brom, and Palace gave West Brom a right good, solid hiding, 5-1. I'm, I'm just bored of watching West Brom get just get relegated all season. It's just, yeah. Well, it is boring, but do, do you know who scored a couple of goals? <laughs> ben Teke. No, that's that's a bad West Brom, aren't it? Well, did you see the moment Roy Hodgson looked over to his uh, table and well, it is Christmas. <laughs> Leicester got a very late, 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 late winner against Sheffield United. When I mean Chris Wilder now is, I think, favourite for the sack. I don't, I don't think he'll get sacked. I don't think he will either. But do you know what? They need to win one in three now. Every you know, every three games they need to win a game. Right. Well, they're down. It's as simple as that now. So and uh, lifelong Wednesday fan. Jamie Vardy scored against his uh, town rivals, celebrated by smashing a corner flag into little bits, didn't he? Your Tottenham Hotspur went ahead and played in a North London derby against local rivals uh, Arsenal. Yeah, you know, and the first time back-to-back wins in I think seventeen years. A Jose special this one, wasn't it? Well, you say about Leeds, knowing exactly where the players are. Are you watching how Spurs break at the moment? It's cosmic how they do it. <laughs> You know, they I mean, know exactly where he's. I mean, what a goal by Son as well. Gee whiz, to hit it like that on the curl from that. The yep. movement of the players, though, is exceptional. You watch Raguillon taking out, I think, I can't remember who their right back is, but he takes him out to allow yeah, Son yeah. to move in yeah. and hit that shot. But I actually really enjoyed the the, the Kane goal with LaSalle going through, passing to Son. Beautiful little pass to Kane. And I always like a shot coming off the bar. I think I said that to you on Sunday. He really whacked out with his left foot as well. Oh, and by the way, um, Arsenal let a chubby little kid go who said was too chubby and not athletic enough at the age of nine. And um, he's now become the leading scorer in North London derbies. So thank you, Arsenal. I'll tell you what Harry Kane needs to cut out, by the way. This nonsense of him like barging into pe- uh, to 
players like leaping up the air. It's gonna he's yeah. gonna really hurt someone one of these days. He needs to cut that out. I I love Harry Kane, but yeah. that is what. No, I agree. The other thing about like regarding welfare of players is um, this nonsense that Arteta was um, shoving uh, Partey back on the uh, the field when he was clearly injured, and this coming off the back of Luis um, also with a head injury playing on longer than he should. That is weird to me. All of that. Do you know what, Paul? I watched the Arteta. I actually turned the speakers off on the TV for the Arteta interview. The guy's under pressure, mate. I can see him cracking on that interview, and it's you know I'm taking again. I'll take my Tottenham hat off. I don't. I think he's out of his depth at that club. I really do. Yeah, it's a big old chop, isn't it? I think. Yeah, too. there's got to be a point when you're 15th in the table. Potentially, could have been six. They were toothless, Paul. People say Spurs. Sat, I actually think Spurs sat back to make him look like that as well. Arsenal passed you about like two to one, I think, didn't they? But you know, didn't, didn't matter, did it? You know, no, there's no end product to it, Paul. Does it actually? Does it matter at the end of the day? I'm actually sitting there. Of course, I'm nervous. I'm nervous up until the last second of the game because I know with Spurs and what they can do, and they can you know fold in on themselves. But at the same time, it's like the Reese made two saves, mate. Yeah, there was just nothing where you thought, right? Yeah, they should have really scored there, or uh, and like they, they rushed Partey back. He was by a million miles their best player, wasn't he? Totally. Uh, up to the point, he got injured. So yeah. that was a real shame for, for the efficiency of Spurs attack, mate, for them two goals. But we're looking good, Spurs. I mean, three games in a row against City, Chelsea, and Arsenal. We haven't conceded a goal. So, you know, we played Liverpool next Wednesday, I think, away. That's the. Yep. And the final game on Sunday in the Premier League was uh, Liverpool on their trip to Wolverhampton. Ooh, Liverpool were uh, 4, 4 0 here. Yeah, but Wolves looks a bit lightweight to me. I, I don't know. Well, no, him and there's no, no, no attack. Yeah, they need to decide on what they're doing there, really. <laughs> they. they just do it. It's not mince words here because we have friends who are Wolves fans. I mean, I love Wolves to bits and everything, and everything that guy's done in the club, but they're tempting the league and pretty bloody toothless, if you ask me. They whacked a load of money on this Fabio Silva guy, 35 million or whatever, and it takes time to settle. I get it as well. It's gonna, he's going to be next season's player. And to be fair, you don't anticipate Raul Jimenez breaking his skull. So I totally understand that, but there's no real backup there, striker. No. Maybe run Triori through the middle and give that a go. I don't know. Hopefully they'll get it back together. But Liverpool, again, with all the injuries, they look... Yeah, and the cops singing, you'll never walk alone. Um, also, on Sunday what, at noon, a Columbus crew punched their ticket to the MLS Cup final, beating New England a revolution, one to nothing. On Monday, there was one game. Um, it was Brighton at home to Southampton. And there was a really late, funny old... Pen decision uh, to give Southampton the win in that one. But he gave us a free kick, didn't he? And then decided it was on the line. It took ages, didn't it, to, to figure it out? But I didn't watch it. I, I couldn't it was probably the right decision in the end. Yeah. And at the end of the day, it's just the Brighton versus Southampton game. So no one really cares. Wow. <laughs> That's... Top six Southampton call. Yeah. They, they might, they'd have to be like 15 points clear for me to start caring about Southampton, I think. Wow. This says the Brighton. <laughs> Okay, so all of that meant Spurs and Liverpool are level on points again with Chelsea and Leicester third and fourth. Can, can you, hang on a minute, can you just redo that? Uh, Spurs are top of the league with Liverpool in second on goal difference. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> no, no, we don't have a lot of points. But no, Tottenham are top of the league and Liverpool are second. Fair enough. Right? <laughs> I almost got that through, but no. All right, fair enough. Never mind. <laughs> um, City are seventh, Wolves tenth, Villa twelfth, and Arsenal in fifteenth. 
Who are you? And right, yeah. <laughs> also in the Bundesliga, Bayern Munich are top by one point over Bayer Leverkusen with Borussia Dortmund in fourth. Four points behind Bayern. Where were Leipzig? I thought Leipzig was second. No, Le- Leipzig a third. On Tuesday, it was Champions League's final round of group games and uh, Borussia Dortmund beat Zenit 2-1 in basically a dead rubber. Um, Chelsea drew with uh, Krasnodar one apiece. Juve gave uh, Barcelona a right good shoeing uh, with McKinney scoring American. the absolute pearler, yeah. Then um, in Manchester United's group, they needed to get a draw basically at Leipzig and they are through and they nosed it right up, really, to be fair. They are now going to be playing Thursday nights in the um, Europa League. Also, the play to have finished today was the PSG um, Basakshir game. Uh, That ended up 5-1, but the reason they had to play on Wednesday was because the fourth official was alleged to have used a racial language. And and so none of the players wanted to come back on the field um, after that. I think it was quite a, a, a deal of solidarity between the two teams. Well, a big moment in football yesterday, wasn't it, Paul? A huge statement. And um, you wouldn't go, it's the white one, would you? <laughs> in, in the MLS uh, Western Conference final, Seattle came back uh, from uh, being 2-0 down uh, to score two late goals, like, and I mean late, in, like in injury time, to win this thing 3-2. Absolutely brilliant, brilliant game. And uh, they will play Columbus on Saturday in the... MLS Cup final. Well done to them. And then we just we are taping at three in the afternoon on Wednesday. So we've got the final round of games in the Champions League uh, completed. Liverpool drew one apiece with Michelin. Um, Manchester City got a fairly comfortable win against Marseille 3-0 at home. Uh, Bayern Munich won 2-0 against Lokomotiv Moscow. Real Madrid, um, they won against Borussia Mönchengladbach. Out of jail... But yeah. the evil tyranny of Conte might be over because Inter Milan have been kicked out of Europe totally. They finished bottom of their group ball. I'm glad you bought... Hey, how, how are you doing, Christian Eriksson? <laughs> yeah, they drew nil a piece at, uh, with Shakhtar. Um, and that meant, yeah, they don't even get Europa League stuff. So Bottom of the group. So I, I see Conte being sacked now. Uh, so, yeah, that's the, the all the group stages done and dusted in the Champions League. Then on Thursday, the podcast will probably... Have, come out before this, but uh, Arsenal are away at Dundalk, Leicester at home to AEK Athens, and Tottenham at home to Royal Antwerp. And big game for Tottenham, actually, because we need to win this to finish top of the group. Okay, all right. Which means we don't get a Champions League team. And as I already mentioned, it is on my birthday, so it's going to be quite nice at 12 o'clock to sit. As the bars are shut again, Paul, yeah. it was my day off anyway, I'm going to put my feet up and have a few beers and... Um, yeah, I think you I think we'll uh, draw close to all of that. And when we come back, we'll introduce all of our different guests, I think, uh, when we come back. All right. Well, it's a bit of a bumper week this week. And so I spent some time with uh, Greg, our uh, resident MLS and uh, US soccer specialist had a lovely conversation about uh, the upcoming MLS final, look back at a little bit at the, the season in MLS and uh, yeah, his prediction for what might happen in the final. Can you hear me there? we go. How are you doing? I'm still, I'm still at work, so I'm taking this. Oh, I see. 
we actually, I, I, there's actually a whiteboard right here. I don't know if you can see it if I turn the computer like this. So if you, want, you need me to do tactical breakdowns, we can use <laughs> Some X's and O's live on the, on the, yeah, on the button. <laughs> Good. Talk about the kind of the, the season as a whole at the moment, because I found it quite difficult to follow what was going on in MLS, I think, uh, this, this year. And I think yeah, that I've yeah. only really took notice, I think, in the postseason, uh, which has been yeah. brilliant, by the way, hasn't it? It's been very, very exciting. Oh, yeah. No, I mean, the, yeah, the game last night. I don't know if you saw the Seattle. I did see the, yeah. yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah, Ryan Schmetcher, the coach of the Seattle Sounders, and who's been with the Sounders organization since 1980. Um, he said it was, like, the greatest Sounders game ever. And yeah. they play in, you know, they play in front of 60, 70,000 regularly. They play, you know, some monster, monster Pacific Northwest rivalry matches, you know, the, the, the Pacific uh, Cascade, Cascade Derby up there. Um, you know, they played some monster games. And for him to say that in front of no fans, you know, that's quite something, right? So, yeah. Uh, but anyway, yeah, it's, it's, yeah, that game, that game was batshit crazy. But we'll get to that. I mean, I, I have a soft spot for Portland having lived in Oregon and having gone to Timbers games before, before their promotion to uh, MLS, <laughs> the financial variety. Uh, yeah. It's in, in, in most leagues, you, you get a lot of money by being promoted and in MLS, you get promoted by giving a lot of money. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah. um, but anywho, uh, so it's I always have a soft spot for Portland and thus, you know, you got to respect what Seattle's done. Um, you know, this is shaping up to be one of his. Yeah. I have in my notes. Um, are the Sounders like? Are they the Yankees? Are people kind of, ugh, God, it's them again, sort of thing. They're getting there, getting there. But the way the way Major League Soccer is structured, one with the playoff system, so you can have you know like New England stumbling in as an eighth seed, making it all the way to the their conference finals, and then two with nominally all the assurances of getting in parity, um, you know, league in, league out. So at the beginning of the year, yeah, there are teams that are going to be better. LAFC is going to be better. Portland's going to be better. Seattle's going to be better. Couldn't say Colorado, Vancouver, or, you know, there's a reasonable assurance that some of these bigger clubs, but will will do better. But they're the bigger clubs because they've done things smarter, not necessarily because they have more money, you know? Um, yeah. Right. So, so there's there's such there's such an emphasis on parity in Major League Soccer that any sort of dynasty, if you want to call it, is difficult to establish. But if you look at the history of Major League Soccer, several have been. Um, you know, you DC United in the early years, they won it four of the first nine years of the league's existence. You know, three of the first four years. LA with Robbie Keane and Landon Donovan. You know, they they had a bit of a tirade from 11, 12, and 14. They won it. Uh, you know, and then they were in the final um, uh, in 2009 as well. So that's a bit of a dynasty. But now you look at the Seattle run, and they will have been in the final for the last five years. You know, and if they win it on Saturday, you know, that would have been four championships in five years. So now in a, a league based on parity, a league based with salary caps, that is quite dominant, you know. Yeah. They've been stable, you know. The GM Garth Lagerway is a longtime MLS player and now now GM Brian Schmetzer. You know, Seattle for their MLS existence from 2009 to to now, they've had two coaches. You know, the late the late yeah. Siggy Schmidt, rest in peace, and Brian Schmetzer. And Schmetzer was a, an assistant from day one. 
And he was a coach um, with the Sounders from before they were in MLS, you know. And you look at other franchises that are just bouncing from pillar to post oftentimes. Um, and, you know, not that consistency. You know, I'm sure you can have some mid-level teams in any league that are consistent as hell. They're just mid-level. But in a league like Major League Soccer, where it's chopping and changing all the time because of salary restrictions, et cetera, maintaining that sort of consistency is impressive and, and successful. Columbus, they're, they're kind of like a bit of an old school team. Geographic existence was under threat at one point, I think, wasn't it? Yeah, years ago. So strangely. I'm nice doing well. Yeah, it, Columbus is a cool story. Um, they were actually the very first announced Major League Soccer team. You know, when they announced the league on the heels of World Cup 94, they announced the first 10 teams, and Columbus, Ohio was the first one announced. They're a good team early on, good fan base. You know, that's where Brian McBride got started at the University of St. Louis, and then, then Columbus, then, you know, uh, Everton, Fulham, of course. And then and they're the first two, uh, Lamar Hunt was the, the late Lamar Hunt was – you know, when the league was in dire straits, you know, like on the verge of folding, uh, Lamar Hunt was the first to, you know, double down and sort of invent this concept of soccer-specific stadium. It was the first one to realize, all right, our teams need real proper homes, you know, one, to, for legitimacy, two, for revenue control, and three, for fan day experience. And so, you know, Columbus Crew Stadium being the first proper soccer-specific stadium in the country, then this other guy, Anthony Precourt, came in and bought them and sort of engineered their move to Austin by kind of just strangling the team in a way, you know. And then the whole fan-based move of save the crew, save the crew, got, you know, got some momentum. Was it just a year or two ago? Mm-hmm. Um, and then they got a new new local ownership group. Uh, now talk about come, come full circle. That new local ownership group is building another stadium the crew gets its Columbus crew stadium. And, you know, that, that place will always have history with the, the dose of zero matches, et cetera. Now they're building just one hell of a nice stadium in downtown Columbus. Right. And oh, so uh, unfortunately, yeah, it's unfortunate because this stadium Columbus crew stadium was going to be hosting the game on Saturday, but because of construction schedules, it won't be the last game there. Right. Like that would have been such a nice touch. Right. Okay. If, if they were to win, I mean, maybe not. Maybe, maybe if they're to lose, you would want another another redemption. But, but yeah. and also, um, there's probably not going to be as many fans there. Yeah, this time yeah. And I think they're allowing yeah. like 2,500 so. in the stadium. But okay. yeah, it's because of construction schedules. They will play a handful of games there next year before they move into their new digs. But you know, yeah, like you said, from this team on the verge of not exist, despite being an original, despite being a pioneer with a stadium, despite in 2008 being one of the better teams this league has ever seen. Uh, you know, they were this close to being moved to Austin. Austin's getting a team anyway. Now they could be MLS Cup champions again in a brand new stadium. And what they're building down there on the field is incredible. Like, in my opinion, Columbus is the best constructed team uh, on the field. Um, you know, I don't know about the back office stuff. Maybe, you know, maybe <laughs> maybe they're in violation of the, the, the MLS's version of financial fair play. I have no idea about that business, but... Uh, this is allegedly, allegedly. So, yeah. <laughs> no, 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 they always call it... The LA listing, yeah, no, they always call it the... They always call them the LA Galaxy rules, right? They, they invent some new loophole to the, to the salary cap structure so the Galaxy can get their players, and yet they still suck this year. But... <laughs> So the final um, is happening, obviously, this Saturday. Uh, what are you looking out for? And yeah, who have you got? Like I said, I, you know, I was just saying, like, 
you, both both of these squads play a four two three one. Uh, you know, you go on and on about the little things. Columbus has got the best defense in the league, and you know the game is going to be played in Central Ohio in mid December. Weather could be a factor. You know, it, no and not expecting yeah. like Nico Lodero for Seattle or Raul Riadillas, and you know Seattle's got some very, very gifted technical attacking players, as as does as does uh, Columbus. But um, and they, can they do it on a cold Saturday night in Columbus? Is uh, yeah. that's, uh, so I mean, as the saying goes. But, yeah. but in all on in all honesty, that would favor Seattle. Seattle's a bit more direct. If you saw the game the other night. Um, you know, they scored their first of three goals in, in, in that comeback. One was route one knocked down and two were set pieces. You know, the other two were set pieces. Now, granted, it was just absolutely woeful mark. But, you know, that's an old school way to win a game, right? And, and that's an old school way to win a game in bad weather. Uh, yeah. Between these two teams, actually, Columbus is more technical. And, you know, by Caleb Porter, he's much more X's and O's guy and, and more of the, the, say, Pep Guardiola vein of things. Brian Schmetzer is more of a man manager. I don't, you know, after after seeing what Seattle did last night, uh, you know, to, to score three goals like that, yeah. almost to harness the energy of a crowd when the crowd wasn't even there. I mean, that was just a gutted out type of thing, you yeah, know. Kind of been there, done it before kind of situation. Yeah, exactly. And even, yeah. and even Schmesser yeah. in the post-game interview said, you know, this locker room full of winners. They just know how to win like that. Hard to bet against Seattle coming off a situation like that. But the flip side of it is – you know that might have been that might have been their emotional load, right? That might have that they that might have been their emotional bullet in the chamber, and you know they'll they'll have a day uh, one day less rest, and we'll have to travel. Columbus is perfectly capable of hanging three or four goals on any team, and Seattle's back line's not the best, but I don't know. This time of year, it's hard to bet against Seattle. Like you said, uh, over the past four or five years, uh, they've made it to this game, and there's a reason for that. Uh, I just want to see a good game at the end of a strange year. So that's the thing, isn't it? and it's uh, it's a credit to everybody that they've uh, been able to at least get something uh, resembling something on the on the field. And uh, yeah, well done to, to all all the athletes that uh, have, have done that. So and then after that, there's no rest for the wicked. I think it moves straight on to like Concacaf Champions League. Yeah, the, the the teams that are involved in that, I forget exactly. I think Montreal is because the Canadian champion gets uh, gets yeah. a berth. Yeah, a handful. Maybe I think Dallas is involved in that. I'd have to double check who's involved. Well, uh, it's Seattle, and Astros, so Seattle would be involved again. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So, okay. And I think LAFC is involved because they they had that hell of a comeback versus Monterey, was it, to advance? Oh, that's right. Okay. Yeah. 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 No, that's yeah, a fun They game. reversed it 2 0 yeah, yeah. and ended up winning like 4 0 at home or something. That's right. And yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, that was a fantastic game. But yeah, uh, CONCACAF Champions League gets fun in the spring. That's, you know, once it's to the knockouts, that's when it... Cool. Excellent. And um, yeah, was, was there anything else that you wanted to kind of maybe mention that so we haven't done? Oh, uh, no, we, just... We wrap uh, up? Yeah, no, the two... Yeah, games at a good time. You know, it's... Uh, yeah, 5 o'clock. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's dark. You know, bars are closed, unfortunately, but... Crack open a beer, yeah. Crack open a beer for yourself, and think of Rodney in in, in my LA Galaxy jersey, and <laughs> enjoy, enjoy the game. Yeah, I'm sure word will get out that uh, yeah, maybe do a, a night raid on his uh, wardrobe or something, and yeah, <laughs> get it back. <laughs> cool. Um, well, thank. You. I appreciate you kind of taking oh, no, yeah, the time out of your um, work schedule that's uh, yeah, uh, yeah. above and uh, beyond. Any, any chance to talk soccer with you guys, especially especially Major League Soccer. I, 
I appreciate it. It's good to see you. And yeah, uh, yeah hopefully at some point or other we'll uh, share the same space and uh, grab oh, yeah, a beer. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll get through this eventually. We'll be together back at the Blue Pool watching arguing, arguing technical nuances, <laughs> talking shit to Ronnie and James and stuff like that. So. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Brilliant. All righty. Yeah. All Take right, care. Brother, see you soon. You bet. See you, yeah. Ta da. Okay. And thank you to Greg really appreciate him uh, spending the time with us to, to do that um, always good and what I will do is post maybe tomorrow um, a little bit more of an in-depth uh, look at the MLS season um, in a separate podcast what we'll look at now is the Manchester derby and first of all we will hear from my friends from back home who are both Manchester United season ticket holders and uh, their views on how it will all go on Saturday against Manchester City uh, this is uh, Craig and Rob All right, <laughs> there he is. Well, thank you for doing do, do this um, for the benefits and for the good of balance. We're going to have uh, some City fans and uh, United fans on for uh, the the Manchester Derby special, and we're coming off the back of well, a fairly disappointing to say the least result from yesterday. Uh, will you? Does that affect this game? Would you say at all? I I I don't think so, really. Uh, personally, it's a it's a roller coaster anyway at the minute. I mean, we we used to be going from the highs of one match to the lows of another match. Now we do it in the same match. So it's highly possible that we could have romped home yesterday or uh, or gone out in the fashion we did. And I don't think, from my perspective, we were ever going to win the Champions League. So I don't think that necessarily is going to affect the players enormously. I think people are talking about massive impact finally. But from my perspective, the financial bit is not doesn't bother me. I don't care if the Glazers make more money or not. It's more about the consistency of the team. So I don't think it's going to change the, the approach on Saturday. It's just another another bit of a kick, really. I think it will. I think psychologically and physically, we're not going to be in good shape. Out of all the years I've been watching United, this team, when they are at the lowest, the confidence is low. The whole team collectively are awful. On the other side of it, when they are playing well, they're collectively brilliant. I think... The whole, the whole issue of Pogba as well has not helped. Um, I mean, last night's performance, I actually thought United deserved to draw. I thought we deserved to go through. A lot of people disagree with that. I, I do think we were bad as people made out. We obviously started badly. But... You started badly, didn't you? I think, yeah, I, I, I entirely agree, actually. I think you had the chances to win, uh, like at least get a draw out of it, I think, didn't you? The, the problem is we just, you just can't trust this team one week to the next. And, and my heart would love to see us win on Saturday, but my head... He's saying we're going to get absolutely tonked because there's too many things. United have got full of average to good midfielders. City have got many good to superb midfielders. And I think the problem is now you can see that City won tonight comfortably and um, they're all coming in, into the, their own game now. And it's pretty worrying that Aguero's back. Sterling's hit some form again. I like Torres. He looks like he's going to be a, um, one for the future in the Premier League as well. Um, I've always been a massive fan of Mares. I think he's probably my favourite City player. And obviously De Bruyne, he's world-class. And then you look at our midfield, you go, hmm, OK. Um, so I think, for me, I was thinking about it last night. Fred's going to play because he's the only one who's fresh. Cavani, who we massively missed last night. I think yeah, we did. So if Cavani 
and Fred can put the work in, they'll make up for potentially others who are tired later on. I just worry about it because that defence and our, our record at Old Trafford this year has been absolutely abysmal. And you just think even Aguero coming back for 25 minutes tonight against Maguire, just just really. Well, Aguero always seems to score against us, doesn't he? Even ever since he first came. But I think that, I think the defence is the big is the biggest problem. They are so. I mean, last night we started with five defenders and he substituted four of them. Like that's how bad they were. And and I don't think that they're necessarily horrendous players individually, but I, they just got. They just need organising. To me, we need a real top-class defensive coach to organise their positional sense and their reading of the game because it was basic errors. But the other bit is they're lethargic and slow and sloppy and and no energy, no urgency, which whether you're watching Premier League football or under-10s, I can't stand that. It's the... You know the lack of closing down yesterday. That's 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 our biggest problem. And the, the, the consistently poor defence. Maguire and Lindelof will never command anything at centre half. They're not quick enough. They're not strong enough, and they're not clever enough to do that. And I think that um, while ever there at our centre half, we're always having to overcompensate in midfield with defensive midfielders to try and protect them and cover the inadequacies, and therefore that's stifling. Our attacking play, which you know, when you look at us, our attacking five probably um, are as are as good as uh, on paper as footballers as cities are, but uh, we just don't have the base, and that's where the inconsistency is coming from, I think. Um, and it goes back to goalie as well. So yeah, that's, and that's you see, when you see Henderson play, you can see he's vocal at the back. There, you can clearly yeah. see there's no confidence in De Gea. kicking the ball out. As a fan, you worry about him. His distribution's always been pretty poor. Um, yeah. His confidence is low. But saying all that, one sounds being quite the voice of doom. You look back and you look at Ollie's record when the chips are down. It looks like he's about to get fired. He just pulls one out of the bag, and he's got a fantastic record against the big boys, um, especially City. So, well, <laughs> I, I joke. I actually jokingly said when we played Paris the first time round, "Oh, we'll win this, but we'll go to Turkey and get beat." And it happened. And I said last night, "We'll beat City, but we'll get beat to Sheffield United the following game." And I, I can see that happening as well. It's, it's a, obviously a funny season as well, but. You know, there's too many things pointing to a big city win, especially when you, you saw our performance against Tottenham. It's, you just fear this side can let in goals against anyone. And it's going to be interesting what happens with Pogba. He's going to bow down to him and let him play. But I think it's going to be Fred. And I, I think the Cavani's fit. He's got to. I don't, fe- I don't fear City like I have done, though, this season. You know, in the in the past few years, you could see, you, you could see yes, we pull out of few wins here and there and even just before lockdown we beat them didn't we but I was more fearful I'm not as fearful at the moment um, of them and I did, like I said before I think we've got equally good footballers in uh, certainly in the attacking positions but I just don't think we're as organised and my head says that um, there's no to your point about Ollie pulling out the bag there's no reason why we should not at least get a draw and, and hopefully a win okay. and uh, but then the reality is we need to win the second half by more than we lose the first half. That's we won't we won't draw. Last season we drew low. So this season we've drawn one in the Premier League. It's the way we are. We are going to win or we're going to lose. It's, uh, we're going to be thrashed. I know the record of traffic really worries me. And in fact, that the fans are not there. Has. I mean, Sosha made it an excuse of the week, but it's true. Having the fans in that stadium, you know yourself, United, being in the strip for them yeah. years, we, we dragged the ball in. 
It's not unlike that Anfield and other places where it's all whinging. I mean, you've been there as a Bolton fan, Paul, so you probably see the different perspective. But I don't think, I think United fans have been fair in the past. They don't all jump on your back and moaning for every decision like when you go to Liverpool or Everton. But the, the home support can be the difference. Um, 20 minutes to go, but, the, you know, full pressure on fighting for the strip then. Because we're not there. I mean, my last game I went to was actually a City match when uh, yeah. Scott and Tom say scored an impact, which was one of the most electrifying moments. The, the, the sheer noise when that goal went in was, even now, I can, if that's my last ever game I go to, it's like, wow, that moment was so special. And I've been going to the United since 1984, so it says a lot. You know, some of my top five moments of just sheer noise in Stratford End. Can't wait to go back, but yeah. But I think that's partly why the lack of urgency is there. There's no, you know, because hmm. you do... I was saying to you the other day, Paul, I, like, I go to watch under-11s football twice a week. And when you're on the sideline and you're like egging them on to, to get stuck in or to just run or just to sprint a bit more... And try and get to the ball first. They definitely respond. They they listen and they respond even at that age. And I think that's what you know. Having I know they got used to playing these quiet stadiums now, but when you need that little bit of extra bite to go and get that fifty fifty or to close down quicker, it it definitely skip it. You know, speeds up the skip in the step. You can see it, and it's just not there. And I think that's partly the reason. You're right, Robbie's. You need the crowd to sort of to push you harder and demand more of you. And that's why all the, the performances at Old Trafford have been so poor, I think. I can't not have a conversation about, with you two without really getting into maybe Pogba. I heard a comment yesterday about all the shenanigans that uh, his agent pulled before these two really important games. Ferguson would have had none of that. He wouldn't have been anywhere near the squad last night. Uh, would you agree with that? And do you agree going forward whether in getting a game or not is going to unbalance the team or what? What's your, what's your mid to long term plan with Pogba? Would you say? I think because the substitute bench last night was a ridiculous amount of people on it, and the fact that the agent has said it when he was already in Germany, I think that made a big difference. That he was already there. I think he. Knew. But also, Ollie's not like he's not like Ferguson. He's, his hands are tied, really, and I think they've known for a while. It sounds like to me the club have agreed that you can stay for one season. Just, um, but the atmosphere of the club's obviously not great. Personally, wouldn't have played him last night, even though he did actually play quite well when he came on. Beckham did it in the past where he got dropped. Rooney did it, he got dropped. It doesn't matter how good you are, you go against the, the club. Or you, I mean, he should have come out straight away last night, uh, sorry, the night before, and said, you know, this is what he feels. But the fact is, he don't want to leave. And everyone knows that at the club. Um, I personally don't rate him as a player, but I, I, think, I think he's one of the most overrated players I've ever seen. Um, he is, I call him a match of a day player because his highlights would be great. Don't know what his best position is. He'll still go for decent money. I would get rid of him in the summer um, before it gets really toxic. I think at the moment it's okay. But I think if he stays any longer in the summer, which he won't do anyway, I think the um, big issue is now just do a swap deal with Ronaldo and I'll be happy. Yeah, exactly. But we can't we can't carry people with that attitude in this team. That's the thing. Because I think Pogba is obviously a, to the point you know, you're dead about the match of the day football. He is a brilliant in. In a Nike or an Adidas ad, you can see him doing brilliant skills, and he's br- he's brilliant like that. But he has to be in a team that is dominating the ball for him to do all that sexy stuff. Whereas we're not a team that's dominating the ball; we're a team that's vulnerable at the back. So you have to track back. If you actually watch him, the amount of times he gives stupid tackles away, tracking back, 
he gives penalties away, loses the ball trying to do one of his turns, and then uh, you know, and even yesterday that goal that that Maguire left and De Gea turned his back on, he should have been closing down a lot sooner. They let the guy walk past him, and he's just yeah. not. He's not in for a fight, and and we're not in. We're not a team that are romping it and dominating. We need to pay our players who are going to scrap like Fernandez does, and McTominay does, and and he's just not up for that. And I think the fact that that statement's come out and then he's not followed up with a denial of it and saying, "No, my agent shouldn't have said that," proves that he was well aware of what it was coming out. He obviously backs it, and therefore, you know, it doesn't matter. You've got to follow the Ferguson model, um, and Solskjaer does need to toughen up on that and and say, right, you're gone then, because you can't have players playing for you; they don't want to be there. And he's been there five years and done nothing. Yeah, right. So I and even, even the, the game I was talking about the other day, when when we beat City, we go, what a great game he had. Well, if you remember that game very clearly, we should have been four or five one down at half time. We got lucky, and in the second half, he had a, a two three minute period where he scored two goals, and he turned the game round on its head. And then we go, oh, Pogba was amazing. Well, it wasn't. He just had that moment. You're talking about the game that uh, City needed to beat you in order to clinch the title that year, was it, I think? Yeah, it was. Yeah. It, was a, it was a big one, too, yeah. So and they were celebrating, fun. weren't they? Because they were 2-0 up. 2-0 up, yeah. I remember. Yeah, um, yeah. And I think I've even seen reports like from the, the game on Saturday where they were praising Pogba. And he was absolutely yeah. useless first half, wasn't he? He right. scored a fantastic goal. And yeah. after that, that's when he came into a little bit. But he was awful. You mentioned De Bruyne earlier, Rob. You look at De Bruyne, and you know that is the one player from when I mean, you look at. And you like Mares, but if you look at the City team, you go, oh, you know, give him a right arm to get him in because Pogba's goal was brilliant, but he's just he's you know he's hit it sweet. You'd expect him to, and De Bruyne does that, but he also does the boring stuff, the the stuff that's not very pretty, and tracks back and he wins the ball. And his through balls are always creating chances. You know, he's a little bit like Scholes in that way. He keeps his head down, gets on with it, plays brilliant. And, and that's that is the sort of character you need. And he's got, you know, I think it was um, Solskjaer started when he first came in talking about characters, and that's where he started to clear quite a few people out. And he's just not got the character that we need at the moment, the love of the club that we need from, uh, and the care. It's it's clearly going to end badly. We just need we're better we're better off speeding up that process. I think uh, Danny Van der Beek and uh, obviously Bruno. Passionate when they scored a goal, but jumping out to the just like to leave yeah. United way already. You think we need players like that? And obviously, uh, Solskjaer's bought really well in that department. Um, and yeah, you have to give a guy time to see, will he, he will clear these guys out? And obviously, he doesn't fancy Pogba this year anyway. He's not playing the games. No. But not to, you're going to give us a prediction for a score? So, oh, yeah. I mean, let's uh, let's go do a round of, round of that. What do you think? All right. I'll start. Shall I? I'll go um, 3 2 to United after going. At least losing the first half and winning the second half. Okay. I think it's going to be a crazy match, and I think we're going to lose 5-2. I think Whoa. it's going to be absolutely Oof. crazy. <laughs> They're going to go for it. We've still got the power. Their defence isn't great either. I think it's going to be a three-goal cushion. So 5-2. Wow, wait. Well, I'm definitely going to watch that then. That's, <laughs> yeah, that's fantastic. Goals, whatever. <laughs> Excellent. Well, thank you, gents. I really appreciate you giving your time to do this. It's always very, very silly, but uh, yeah. Good. No worries. We'll speak to you soon. Cheers. Yeah, thanks right. a lot. All right. Thank you to Craig and to Rob. I uh, really, really appreciate it spending the time uh, doing that. For for balance, let's hear from uh, Christy and uh, the uh, Manchester City uh, uh, opinion uh, of, of what's going to happen uh, this weekend. Here we are. 
Hello. <laughs> Happy birthday, Boxing Day. <laughs> Do we have a, a chat uh, about uh, the upcoming Manchester Derby? And how are you feeling about it? Nervous. Always nervous. <laughs> when have I ever not been nervous about a Manchester Derby? Well, that's the thing, because they United aren't great right now, but also they get the odd impressive win, don't they? So They're not great right now, but they're incredibly patchy right now, and you don't know what to expect from them. Is it at the Etihad? No, it's at Old Trafford. Well, that's a good thing, because I think they've won nine away from home in the league, haven't they? So, which is a club record. In fact, well, I've just, been, I've just spoken to uh, United friends of mine. Yeah, they, their home form is a, a big worry for them. You should go well, into a yeah. yeah. Aguero's back. He yeah. scored a goal today. Um, he looked really good in the, what, 30 minutes that he was on for. Really helpful yeah. because we haven't looked that bad. We're just not finishing. We really desperately need him. And I hate to say it, but Gabriel Jesus is not the guy going forward. He's the guy he is, and he's useful, but he's not the Aguero replacement. Right. It's a very different thing. He's a great backup striker. He's Occasionally gets a good run of form, but he's not the consistent guy the way Aguero is. Well, I've been saying for weeks, Paul, that they should just go out and Christy, I, I think he should just go out and break the bank and get Haaland in at the end of this season. It's just, it's an absolute can't miss, isn't it, that, I think. Yeah, and his father played for City as well. For me, it's a no-brainer. That would be brilliant. I just don't think we can... He has a... I'm not going to say we can't afford the price tag because obviously we can afford hmm. the price tag. We have the money. But can we arrange things so that we don't get crucified for doing it. That's another yeah. matter. I mean, how many... Here's another matter. Do you care? <laughs> okay. so I was going to say, his, his release clause at Dortmund, apparently, is two million less than you paid for Ruben Diaz. So oh, fuck it. We'll tell them. 63 million is his buyout. So. Actually, we'll take three. We'll take three. Yeah. United are going to be wounded a little bit, though, aren't they, after getting knocked out of the Champions League? Exactly. I'm worried about that as well. Yeah. There's got to be a rocket inserted somewhere for United, I think, wouldn't you? For that performance, really, especially kind of like defensively, that first 20 minutes, whatever, that they were actually diabolical, weren't they? So I can't imagine that happening again. But um, they hit the post as well, Leipzig in the first half, and they had a goal disallowed for offside. So remember, because I was on the phone to you at the time, I think. Yeah, it was more luck than good judgment, wasn't it? To, to down by more. You can't keep doing that. I don't think can you keep going to that well of coming back from from behind. Although they have got, I think, the most points of anybody after coming from behind in uh, in the league this year. So what it's definitely not what you would draw up first of all. Anyway, is it so? Yeah. You know. What was your favourite derby moment? My favourite derby <laughs> moment was what two years ago now. Okay. Um, I was sitting in the front row when we had that fantastic group goal. Finally, uh, Gundogan puts it in the net, starts to run the one direction, realizes everyone else has run the other direction, runs over to them, they mob him, Kyle Walker jumps on someone's back and is hovering above the entire group, and I snapped one of the best pictures I've ever taken in my life. I actually saw this picture last night, Paul, and it's, it's pretty Getty-like, you know what I mean? Okay. <laughs> Professional photographers who got basically the same shot, and I'm like, yeah. that's just as good. No, it- you got to walk the mark through it. It was when Wayne Rooney scored the. I know it's going to upset you, but that overhead kick he did in the derby to win it. I, I can imagine. Say that. Oh, but it was just such a great goal. It's a beautiful goal. <laughs> it makes me slightly sick to my stomach every time yeah. I see it. But it's a beautiful goal, sure. I can never understand how a player can actually do that. I was a striker and I could never even jump off the floor ahead of it. So. <laughs> yeah, under a bicycle kick. I mean, you look at Wayne Rooney and you think, how the hell did he manage that? You, uh, Christy, do you think that uh, Aguero will uh, start? Um, on Saturday? 
Um, I don't know. I would love to see him start, but depending on what his actual level of fitness is right now, Guardiola has a habit of saving back people who aren't completely fully fit and throwing them in later rather than starting them and letting them run out of gas. So I I think that it'll be a good judge for us of how fit he is if he starts. If Guardiola throws him on, we know that he thinks that he's really fit enough to play 90 minutes at this point. That's just sort of a pattern I've noticed over the last few seasons is when someone's questionable, he usually does not start them. Unfortunately, now we've got the bars Oh, I, I assume you're going to be watching it at home and kind of uh, yes. try and recreate the uh, the Bluefoot atmosphere. I am trying right now. I've got a, a projector from a friend of mine and uh, my husband has been dispatched to the Apple store to try and find the missing pieces so we can attach our laptop to the projector and project it on the wall of the house. Wow. Screen experience. <laughs> we'll see if it works. Fun. All right. Very good. I think that it may play in our favor if... Uh, Cavani is still injured, but I never want to wish anyone injury, but I think that that might make our job a little easier. Once again, you know, he hasn't necessarily in his brief appearances for United been brilliant across the board, but when he's on, he's on. He's scary. And I'd rather not be scared. And do you have a prediction for the game? I have a wish. (laughs) I would love for it to be 3-0 3-0 for us, but whether we can pull that off or not, who knows? That is my my heart's prediction. Hey. I don't know if it has any basis in reality. <laughs> well, Rodney's been making an entire career of that on the predictor game. So I think yeah. Yeah. to mixed results, it has to be said. But, uh, yes, yeah. well. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think that might do us. It's been a pleasure as always. I enjoy these little yeah. sessions. Good, good. Yeah. Um, well, I hope uh, well the projector and uh, all of that goes off. That sounds really fun. That so yeah. enjoy the game. Brilliant stuff. Thanks, Thank Paul. you very much. Good to talk <laughs> to you. Take care. Stay safe. All right. Thank you, everybody, for uh, the, the time that you spend uh, doing that. Really, really appreciate uh, you getting involved in this ridiculousness. And uh, yeah, when we come back, uh, we will have a look at what's going to be happening in the games. Uh, well, the other games that are happening this weekend. Okay, welcome back. Um, as far as I'm aware, there's a game on Friday. Uh, Leeds East versus West Ham could be yeah. fun. Yeah, it should be like a, a really good game of football, shouldn't it? The two teams playing properly. Four four. Yeah, let's hope for that. Yeah, that's what I'm hoping for. Because well, Friday games used to be right barn burners, didn't they? As well, you know, like real kind of end to end goals flying everywhere, sort of stuff. Oh, so let's under hope. the old floodlights, two thousand fans in Leeds Brown. Oh, it's going to say four thirty Saturday. We've got a Bluefoot derby. With no bluefoot. Yeah, that's a shame, isn't it? But, uh, I mean, not that you probably have opened at that time anyway, but uh, two teams, I think, that need a, need a result, I think, at this point. Yeah, can't call this game at all. But looking at the Wolves' attack, I don't, I don't see Wolves winning this game. Yeah, I think it's going to be tight, isn't it? But, is uh, Barkley back in this game for Villa? If he is, then that's going to be a huge thing for them. They've missed him. Yeah. Okay, Barkley, Barkley's back, Villa win this 3-1. But you know, Nuno, he knows what he's doing, doesn't he? So he'll 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 hatch a plan to uh, to try and win this one. We'll see. At seven o'clock, Newcastle play West Bromwich Albion. Nobody cares. Moving on. Yeah. Nine thirty. <laughs> <laughs> and we've we've talked at length, even ad nauseum, uh, about the Manchester Derby. So 
<laughs> um, we'll move straight on then to uh, um, the final game on, on Saturday is Everton versus Chelsea. Yeah, Everton need a result in this game. End of. Mm-hmm. I mean, Angelotti should be in a sack race now, shouldn't he? Oh, yeah, I don't know about that. Take it tongue in cheek, my friend. Take it In the Bundesliga, uh, Borussia Dortmund are playing Stuttgart and Union Berlin are playing Bayern Munich. Okay, interesting. Also, it's the Madrid derby at 12 noon in La Liga. Uh, Bolton are away at Walsall, that glamorous trip to Walsall. Um, <laughs> everyone looks forward to each year. Go off to Poland. <laughs> <laughs> And as we, as we have discussed with uh, Greg, it's the MLS Cup final, Columbus Crew versus Seattle Sounders. That's on 5pm. Our coverage starts then um, on Fox, I think. Seattle all day, come on. Not that wet. <laughs> <laughs> um, Sunday, early start, Southampton, Sheffield United, 6 o'clock, Palace, Tottenham. <laughs> well, this is the game that reversed last season when it was the last game of the season when... Um... Mourinho and the backroom staff celebrate the one-one draw with Palace, like they just won the league because they got into the Europa Leagues. Cool. Must-win game for Tottenham. Uh, they're almost win games, aren't they? Now, well, do you know it's going to be interesting, Paul? Because most teams have come on us, and we've been sitting back. Palace sit back. After that, we've got Fulham versus uh, Liverpool. Go on, Fulham. Go on, Fulham. <laughs> and then there's two games at eleven fifteen. I think due to the uh, Europa League. Arsenal play Burnley and Leicester play uh, Brighton. Kind of happy the Bluefoot shot for this because it would have been a logistical effing nightmare. <laughs> <laughs> um, there's no games on Monday because there are another round of games for everybody uh, midweek with uh, Wolves playing Chelsea on Tuesday at 10 o'clock in the morning. Man City play West Brom as well at midday on mm-hmm. Tuesday. I didn't realise there was Tuesday games as well. This is super yeah. exciting. Yeah, I'm still glad the bar shot. So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm joking, by the way. I'm not. <laughs> Bolton, after being playing in Europe, uh, they've got a another away game. Got a day at the races, Cheltenham Town, um, Wednesday at ten o'clock. The three games: uh, Arsenal play Southampton, Leeds play Newcastle, and Ooh. Leicester at home to Everton. Ooh, three great games there, man. Arsenal, Southampton really sticks out to me. At, t- at twelve noon, also on Wednesday. Fulham at home to uh, uh, Brighton, so the, the run grinds to a halt. Yeah, I'm not, not exactly West Ham on the Crystal Palace. Not not really excited, but thankfully sandwiched in between the two, like a good piece of bologna, is Liverpool and Tottenham. The title decider. It could be. Oh uh, dear. And technically, still my birthday week. So <laughs> the, the month of Rodney. Okay. The month of exactly Thursday. Two more games. Villa at home to Burnley, and then the late game is Manchester United away at Sheffield United. Go on, Sheffield, get your first win. Well, that will do us, because there's plenty going on there. Um, And then when we come back, we'll do some quick, any other business, and then, I mean, really, we'll get out of your way. Any other business? I just wanted to give a quick plug to the EPL holiday uh, trivia that we're uh, doing, myself, uh, Marissa and Paul Brown. That's going to be on Tuesday, December the 22nd at seven o'clock. And there's a very, very real possibility of having some very special guests on there. It's kind of in lieu of having a 
EPL supporters Christmas do that we would normally have around at this time. Raise some money for some charities and things like that if we can, uh, but also just hang out online and, and answer some silly questions and, and what have you. So, uh, yeah, we're bringing it back after the first lockdown. Tuesday, December the 22nd at 7 o'clock. Um, put it in your diary. I will. It's already in mine. I will definitely be attending this one, Paul. <laughs> Good. Alex Morgan scored for your Spurs this, this weekend, didn't she? She did indeed. Yay! <laughs> in your uh, first win in the league against Brighton, 3-1. We're, we're trying to really go for it now, I believe. Yeah, so... Good. But there's a great start on any other business this week that um, since October, Arsenal, our favourite team on here at the moment, have um, they've had more foul throws than goals. Yeah, that's brutal. Ouch. Yeah, I have no idea how to react to that. Honestly, I mean, it, it's who is it that does it? Bellerin is the the, the the culprit, I think, isn't he? Honestly, that's that's a week's wages. I'm surprised he's got paid all season. It's a week's wage. If you can't throw a ball in as a professional football player, <laughs> it's a week's wage. What a stat, yeah. mate. After the 90s with Wenger and the 2000s, not the 90s, the 2000s with Wenger and Spurs being so bloody awful. I'll take these stats all day long, my friend. <laughs> the European leg of the World Cup qualifiers was drawn uh, this week. Um, yeah. England drew Poland, Hungary, Albania, Andorra and San Marino. That's Who six games. Six games against Albania, San Marino and Andorra. Oh, I mean... God. Paul, it doesn't whet your appetite. It whet your appetite, does it? You know what I mean? It's, it's... What's the bloody point? Honestly. Hungary, maybe Poland. Oh, my God. Even I mean, Poland are aside, aren't they? Hungary well, they qualified be last time for the Euros. Yeah. Now, Benny did, in fairness. But, I mean, for goodness sake. They do like they do it in the CONCACAF. Like, it, yeah. the USA and Mexico, they don't want to have to play, I don't know, the kind of super minnows of, of the CONCACAF league. Play some playoff games, sort of the week from the chaff and actually play some games that are meaningful. I just exactly. don't get it. You have to earn the right to play the top teams. Yeah, but apparently yeah. in international football, it's a God-given right that anyone can play anybody. I just don't totally. get it. No, I like that round as well, so I totally agree with it. Six boring games. Well, at least Harry Kane might beat uh, Wayne Rooney's record with these games. That's yeah, the only good thing I like. them up. Absolutely. That's the only good thing that comes of it, I think. Rant over. Sorry, yeah. Thank you, Caller. Predict a game last week. Doug did pretty well, actually. He, he uh, was able to predict um, five out of the seven scores correctly, so got five points and, and therefore won. You got four out of the seven, and I was rescued by uh, Jamie Vardy's last-minute winner to give me the correct score against Sheffield United. I know. Good call, that one, as well, to be fair. So, so you won. Both got four points. The standings right now is that I'm leading... 46 to 40 from the uh, listeners and then week 12 Greg is our picker who you've heard from already regarding the MLS Cup we'll start with Wolves versus Villa and we both predict it's going to be one apiece in this game well good for you I'm saying 3-0 Villa <gasps> and the big one Manchester United versus Manchester City Greg sees this a 3-0 win to City. I say 2-0 to City. 5-1 City. Oh, that's, a, that, that's a famous scoreline as well, that 5-1, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Yeah. I'm going for it again. Arsenal-Burnley. Greg sees this one apiece. I see nil all written all over it, this one. 1-0 one Burnley. Uh, the misery continues. <laughs> <laughs> Leicester are at home to Brighton. Uh, Greg sees 2-0. I see 2-1. Both to Leicester. 3-0 Leicester. Palace. Um, against your Tottenham Hotspur. Greg sees this as a 2-0 to you. I see 1-0 to, to you. 
Actually, one nil. To, yeah, I'm going to go with you, Paul. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's got last yeah. minute goal. No, I'm going to no, scratch that. Three nil Tottenham. Ah, oh, see, it. balls to it. Can't do it, mate. I can't do it. Can you not learn from your manager? There's like you know, you just need to kind of like grind out some some scores here, you know. Um, then the MLS Cup final, Columbus Crew played Seattle Sounders. Greg sees this as a two-all draw, going to pens, and Seattle win it 4-3 on penalties. So for style points, he's, I will give him five points. If all of those things come true, I will, yeah. I, I'm going to go with Seattle winning this 3-2. Okay, Seattle 4-1. The two German teams that we follow at Bluefoot, Brushy Dortmund at home to Stuttgart. Uh, Greg sees 3-1. I see one apiece. 2-0 Dortmund. Onion Berlin. And I, can't, I, I, I think it is, that's how you pronounce it, Onion. But I feel like I'm saying Onion. Union, Union, Union Berlin. Union Berlin. I've broken. They are playing Bayern Munich. Greg sees a 4-2 win for Bayern. I see a 3-1 win for them. 4-0 Bayern. All right. Um, I think that's just about going to do us. Yeah. Thank you. If you've made it this far, listener, congratulations. <laughs> this is, yeah, it's been a bit of a bumper one. But uh, yeah, I think it's all been decent stuff. There is no opening hours, alas. Super important that, uh, yeah, if you feel that you're able, then uh, you can go online at bluefootbar.com and uh, tip online if uh, that's something that you feel you are in a position to be able to do. Uh, there's also the, the T-shirts on there as well. I think proceeds of which are still going to the uh, the bartenders there. Please, please look after the bartenders. It's- as always, we want you to get involved. If you've heard anything that uh, you wanted to chime in on, uh, you do that at footyfromthefoot at gmail.com on, or at footyfromfoot on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. We're on Spotify, iTunes, Overcast, and Google Play. Yeah, yeah, rate, review, and subscribe. Uh, really appreciate all of those people that have done so, so far. Tell some friends. Thank you to David Sangster, who um, does our theme tune and uh, the outro that you're about to hear. Give him a follow on at 1 in 20 Parkinson's. I think, yeah, we made it. Thank you, dear listener. And let's do this again next Thursday. Happy birthday to me, happy birthday to me, top of the...